time. Yeah, I haven't seen you for a long time. It's really crazy how the time flies. Yeah. What are you up to lately? I I was not up to English learning or podcasting. That is for sure uh, because I got a bit overwhelmed by mm-hmm. different things. So mm-hmm. I stopped for some weeks, right? So Okay. So that's why I am really glad that you asked me to make the interview so that I can continue with my journey <laughs> and also mm, with that's good. one podcast. Well, you have to say thanks to Yulia because she saw your podcast and we were having the celebration, the anniversary celebration and meeting. And she asked there, you know, oh, uh, why don't you, you know, you talk to to Danny, to Daniel and you uh, mentioned that you would have an interview in six months and it's now nine months. So you should have one. I say, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was because of her that uh, I remember. Yeah, that is really nice. And I remember that one thing that I asked you on our first mm-hmm. interview was where do you see the Maofen group in about six months? You said something like the most important thing is that the members become family, right? Or the Maofen mm-hmm. become family. And this was so heartwarming, right? Because I felt in general, when I was speaking to you, I felt that it's not just some words that are coming out because it's really what you feel and 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 how you are as a person right because (laughs) i have the impression that you don't seek big money right so for you it's the people who are important that is my my opinion and now (laughs) i wanted to ask you so what happened in the meantime and did you reach the goal or Did it come true? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's actually an ongoing goal. It's always going to be there. Something that we, it's like, you know, that it should be always in our horizon, never to lose that that goal. Um, I I think, though, that we have become more of a family, Uh, especially for those who are uh, more in the group and they are more committed and who are participating often. They feel that more, of course, than people who we haven't seen at all yet. But yes, there's that feeling of a family, kind of, you know, of a place where you feel at home, where you feel coziness, you feel togetherness, where you can share not only, I mean, ideas and knowledge, but you share compassion and you share love and you share other, other things. So definitely, although the title is Mouth and Masters of English, I feel that is going beyond the learning, the English learning, okay? It's beyond that. It's much more than that. I, I think I've said this before, but I don't want to say, I don't want to mean that, you know, Oma often is the greatest thing of all. No, that's not the case. It's just that it has become a nice group, a nice bunch of people trying to help each other, trying to motivate each other, encourage each other. So yeah, definitely. I think it has become a family. We have had, though, a roller coaster, because I don't know if you remember that I said to you, it was not important for me to have a lot of members. And there was a moment when I actually started doing a bit of cleansing. So I started to um, call people, you know, like once a week, I will create a post and I will call, I will tag people who didn't participate at all, trying to like push them, you know, a little bit, give them that extra boost of energy to participate in meetings. But there was a moment when I realized that in the end, you cannot push people to do things. If they are up to it, they will do it. And if they are not, they won't, even if you force them, you know. So I changed the the approach or the way I was viewing this 
I, I think also because I was watching, you know, I was reading and watching uh, Stephen Krashen and Benico Masson, who are really into language acquisition and reading. And they talk about a lot about, first, you need to have lots of input that is comprehensible and fun and compelling. And then you don't force people to talk. Whenever they feel ready, they will talk. So with that in mind, I kind of like changed completely the dynamics. And I stopped asking people to come and join me for a meeting, for a conversation. And now we are on a different situation. No? I accepted people, you know, we are adding people in the group. If they want to participate, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine too. Feel happy to join whenever you want. Feel happy to talk whenever you want. That means yeah. that you don't kick members out of the group. No, or, no, no. I used to, <laughs> I Because... used to kick members out of the group, but I don't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But this was something that impressed me quite a bit because instead of kicking them out because they were not at all participating and yeah as you mentioned before you have made a, a post you you tagged them and you gave them the opportunity to, mm. to talk with you in, mm. in a, like in a one-on-one -on -one session or maybe with others yes uh, yes yes I mean, this is not um, something that is self-evident, right? Because you, you care even about your members, which are not active, right? This is <laughs> special <laughs> to me. And in that context, I would like to know the person or the persons that you contacted, what did they say to you? Why didn't they participate? Or were there people who you could kind of convince to participate? participate more often? <laughs> uh, well, I have to be honest, of all the people that I contacted, well, that I tagged, and I tagged lots of people, about in the space of 10 weeks, about 200, 300 people almost, uh, I really got to talk to really few, okay? 10% of those, was about 20, 30 people. And generally speaking, the reason was that some of them didn't understand the group, okay? Didn't understand the group yet, They didn't know how we worked, okay? So it was a question that they didn't know how we work with the meetings, how the meetings worked. I mean, it's like they didn't know about the schedule. And uh, I found that many times people are reluctant to ask questions, to yeah. really find out how something works. And I think probably this is kind of like a, a trend, you know? People are not, in that sense, they are not proactive because... I would expect people to just join the group and say, okay, I don't understand how this works. I'm going to ask. Okay. That's what I would expect. But then you did realize that's not true. You know, people sometimes don't ask questions. They feel probably shy or embarrassed or they just don't want to ask. So by having the conversation, I didn't have to persuade them. I, I didn't, you know, it was very easy because once we talked, they realized that it was easy. And once they realized it was easy, they just wanted to join the groups and they wanted to join the meetings. So I didn't feel like having to say to them, oh, come on, you have to join us because you're, no, nothing at all. It was like, yes, we have got meetings and you can join whenever you want. Feel free to ask me any questions. Meetings are here. I'm going to show you, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, oh, great. Okay, so I want to, as soon as I can, I'm going to join the meetings. Perfect, great, you know? So it was quite a straightforward, really. Yeah, okay, I see. And there was a time in which I think there was a problem in having enough hosts, right? In having enough people who are leading the Zoom meetings. And mm. I don't know if you want to, to explain a little bit or tell us if this uh, has been um, 
resolved? Well, first of all, and thank you for asking that question, but first of all, I want to uh, again highlight that this is a collaborative project, okay? So this is not run by one person, it's actually run by, you know, uh, thanks to the help of many people. So hosts are an important part because without hosts, we wouldn't have meetings. And without meetings, then there's not speaking practice moments for us. So there were times that it was difficult because I probably was the only one where I had Hamuda or Jason, but then I started getting busy and it was difficult. So there were moments where I, uh, Hamuda, for example, helped a lot because he would persuade people to, yeah. help, them, you know, <laughs> to help us. Just to say, okay, why, why don't you try once? And once people try hosting a meeting, usually they like it. So once they like it, they're hooked. And once they're hooked, you don't have to do anything, really. They, they want to continue by themselves on their own. So there was a moment when it seemed to be hard and it took a few weeks, probably a couple of months. But after that, it's been really great, you know. And I'm really happy uh, because sometimes I don't even have to ask someone to become a host, okay? They just send me a message and tell me, hey, Gabriel, I was thinking, could I be a host? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. I love that kind of self-offering without being asked, being proactive. I think it's great. And any kind of like comes to show the importance of what a group is about, you know, which is helping each other, sharing some of your time to help others uh, learn or to have to help them have opportunities to, to practice, you know. So like what you do with your podcast, an opportunity where you share your, your experience, where you share your learnings, your conversations with other people. And that helps other people. And that's, I think, it's kind of like great. And it's the, yeah, the greatest yeah. part of all this. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that these hosts also can grow a lot. So they can learn mm -hmm. a lot. And it would be definitely also really interesting to speak with some of the hosts and ask them how they could change over the time because of having led all these events because yeah. I think this is also huge from a learner's perspective to, to learn also. I think you could actually do a round or just, you know, just want do one of your episodes just on uh, interview hosts because I think that I, I cannot talk for them, but I have talked to them about this and um, there are great experiences here, you know, great uh, experiences of growth and, and learning. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. We have got actually just a specific group for hosts. So I can drop there a message and tell them that you are interested in interviewing some of them. And I'm sure that some of them will be happy to share some time with you and talk about the experience, definitely. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Gabriel. I will... oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I, I noticed there are 515 members right now and back in the day when I interviewed in October 2020 there was about 150 members really oh wow I didn't know that because I didn't know about the figures you know about the quantity we actually reached 500 in the past but you remember that I did this cleansing period so I think we were 500 and I, uh, I removed people and we got down to 200 again you know so now we are going up again. Yeah. And in fact, the last few weeks, we have grown a lot. Like uh, every week we are having about 30, 40 people. I mean, for the size of our group, it's a lot. 30, 40 people per week. And in the last two days, I think we have already 20 people signing in. Okay. So yeah. 
Cool. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how they, but I think that's the good part. And that's what made me change a little bit the perspective. You know, I, I, we have talked, I've talked about this with, with my members, with the members of Malfen, <clears throat> about how many times I think about Mother Teresa of Kolkata. For me, she's like a role model to follow, you know, to, to go after her. And sometimes I think, okay, what was her goal? What, what was her real goal? She just wanted to help people that were on the streets and give them food and a roof, a place to sleep and, and clothe them. That's it. And she wasn't interested in fame or success. There, there was no bullshit about all this, you know? Like yeah. there was no need for her to be successful. She wanted to be the best girl in the world. No, she just wanted to help these people. And that makes me think a lot about the way I'm handling the group or the way I'm working with the group. And I think like, what should be my aim? What should be my goal? And sometimes I'm thinking about how to make people engage more in the group and how to how make people participate more in the group. But I think that now we have got a nice bunch of people who are already engaging in the group, sharing content, doing activities. And then what I think is like, okay, but how do I get more people to take advantage of this opportunity? It's like, for me, it's like, how do I make sure that people that are on the street get to have a roof to sleep under and to have clothes, you know? So having that in mind, uh, for me now it's interesting that more people get to know about us, not because mouth, not because of the spirit of mouth, but because to have the opportunity of having conversations for free and sharing knowledge and being part of a collaborative project is a great experience. So I, I feel like I don't want people to be missing out on that, you know? Yeah. I can give you some tips on that because, oh, well, Malfen <laughs> is a, a close group right on Facebook. So what you could do is <laughs> to make a Malfen podcast, for example, because that way you mm-hmm. can publish the content worldwide. You can uh, reach new members and you can give insight to what you are doing. That mm. could be something that is um, happening right now like some projects or like a diary or whatever, but this is a great way to to reach Mm. people. Or of course, if you had a website, maofen.com, for example, so Mm -hmm. you could reach way more people and Mm -hmm. get into the boat, right? (laughs) Yes, I understand. and, And for example, I mean, podcasting if you don't want to spend money you don't have to because there are mm-hmm. services out there which are absolutely free for example mm-hmm. there is the service called anchor which is free and mm-hmm. don't need to pay it's the one anything that, it's the one that christian uses doesn't he i'm not quite sure could be yeah, yeah because it is very well known that mm-hmm. service um, yeah, yeah 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 and well, another thing I wanted to ask you, I mean, I don't know if, we, if it's a delicate question, right? But I'm because... Tell me. <laughs> I mean, there are more than 500 members. So does it occur sometimes that one of the members wants to have a one-to-one session with you, like an English lesson? With me, personally. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's happened to me, yeah. Especially with uh, some of the first members. Like, they, they want to have sessions with me because they feel they're going to learn more from me, you know? I, I, I've got a couple of them. And I, I was, for a, for a while, I was having sessions with them. 
But but in the end, I had to stop because I was busy with other things and I, I couldn't do that. And also because I want them to be more independent, you know. Mm. So I noticed that once they start having sessions with me, kind of they got comfortable, you know, with I've got a session with Gabrielle. So many times, not in all cases, but in some cases, they wouldn't do their uh, tasks during the week, you know. Like I would tell them, okay, you have to make sure you you check this website and you look at these, try to work a little bit on that and I'll see you next week. And when I saw them the week after, they hadn't done anything. You know? <laughs> okay. So it was like, mm, come on, you know, I mean, this, the, the session that we are having is useless, you know, unless you do something else with that, you know? And, uh, and yeah, I think that sometimes it's, uh, I don't know if it depends on the country or, or in the way you have been uh, taught I, I'm not sure about that, but mm. I've, I sense that some people um, have really in, ingrained in their psyche, in their mindset, that the teacher, if I have got a good teacher, I have got someone that is, I think is great or is good, I'm going to learn loads. And I'm yeah. not so sure about that, you know? I mean, you can get motivated, you can get encouraged, you can get a boost of energy, that's true, but learn a lot or acquire or acquire a lot, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I think there are people who rely too much on the teacher's side. They expect mm -hmm, them mm -hmm. to like transfer the knowledge into the other brain, but it, no, it's us, yeah. the learners, who have to do it <laughs> finally, mm -hmm. yeah. right? And mm -hmm. yeah... Another thing comes to mind because I remember on our first interview, you mentioned Christian Saunders, which quite struck a chord with you because you, mm -hmm. you really like his philosophy that everyone should have the opportunity to learn English and for free, right? And, mm -hmm. yes. and he is really special and... And he influenced you in a very positive way, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that you influence other people also in a very positive way. So sometimes it's like a ripple effect, kind of. Do you, do you know what I mean? I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes, or maybe also in my case, maybe I have made an episode which an, another guy from, I don't know, from Africa, from Brazil, from wherever... They, mm. they pick it up and then they get motivated and they do something new because go. they got influenced or they got an mm. idea. And it's really beautiful in my view <laughs> to see that, right? To Definitely. <laughs> that Definitely. We can have um, an, an impact, a positive impact on, on other people. Definitely. And the nice thing about it, I don't know if you would agree with me on that, but is that is something that is completely unplanned, okay? I, I, see, I mean, you do this because you want to do it, because you're passionate about it, because you want to help, that's it. You don't know where it's going to impact. You don't know it. So you just do it. And then suddenly someone gets um, influenced by that in a positive way and you would, you would never think about it. I have had conversations with some of the members and one thing that they said is that after being with my often for a while, I have noticed that I, I'm starting to be more generous to other people, mm -hmm. you know, not only in my often or online, but also outside in the real world. Like I'm being more compassionate, I'm being more generous. 
and I, I felt so um, uh, surprised, but like so overwhelmed with joy because I thought like, wow, this is great. Like we are doing something and it's, it's something that we are doing for free. We want to help and that's it. But you don't know where that is going to take the other people that yeah, are around yeah. you. you know? So that's the greatness of giving and sharing, you know? It's, exactly. It's exactly. just great by itself. You know? This is really great. Yeah. yeah, go on. Do you want to say something more no no i was just saying that you, you mentioned about christian Saunders, and i wanted to to, to repeat that, that, that that's yeah. true you know christian has I, I i am a member of kangaroo english but I, I of course i don't go i don't use kangaroo english a lot right now because i'm really busy with mouth and, but it's always there a reference or, or, or christian at least is a, it's a reference for me you know because yes, uh, yes. It, it was him after so many months and i would say even years trying to search that kind of like recipe that would make me unique in the industry of English uh, teaching, you know? And suddenly I come across Christian is like, oh, wow, I didn't think about this. So definitely it was an eye opener. And, and that's going to be always there as part of my life. Even if, even if I would like to forget about Christian, which I, I don't, but if I would like to, it's not going to be possible because it's what created then the things that came afterwards, you know? So yeah, the ripple effect is... Powerful, simple, yes, but powerful. Definitely. I mean, mm -hmm. I wasn't that active recently in the group, but nevertheless, mm -hmm. I, I am still there, right? So it's not that, yes. that I have forgotten about the group. I, I still think it's really a great group and all of that. So I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is actually, it was the Maufen's birthday, right? On the first of May, I think. Yes, yes, yes. It was the best. I mean, to be truly honest, it's not a real birthday of Maofen as Maofen, you know. But it is the, the birthday of the group that started. At that moment, we didn't have a name. It was just a group that Jason Machado um, started because he created a post in Kanguru English asking about asking people if they wanted to join him for for a chat. That was it. Chat about self-development and interesting topics going beyond the typical how are you and how's, what's the weather like in your country, you know. And that was the day, the 1st of May, that everything started. So, yeah, we celebrated it last 1st last of May. Yeah, it was our first year. We are, we're a baby. We are just a baby. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, I think there was a magazine published. I mean, uh, <clears throat> a self-produced digital magazine made yeah. by by a lot of the members maybe you could yeah. say something about that yes of course the, like the creator of that magazine the person behind that idea was omar mr ice cream from ecuador and uh, he was the one who actually suggested to to do that and he was the one that put everything together and then he asked people to he asked people personally to can you send me a writing uh, sometimes talking about a group or sometimes talking about uh, their country or any topic they wanted to talk. So it was kind of like trying to show not only the people experience in relation to the group, but also the, you know, the writing skills, if they wanted to share the writing skills. So yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice magazine to, I don't know if you have been able to, have you, have you seen the magazine? Have you yeah, figured I've, I've the seen pages? it and I have okay. read some pages, but not, not all of it, <laughs> but I have seen it and it's mm -hmm. really beautiful 
to look at yes with with, with a lot yeah. of pictures and that yeah yeah it's a nice it's a nice thing actually an idea came out from that and is that a possibility of creating a magazine not for every month but maybe i don't know like a bi-yearly magazine maybe something like a summary of that semester but i don't know if that's going to happen but it would be an interesting thing you know so we'll see and that's what i love about maofen because you you never know what comes next right because there are no no rules <laughs> yeah. about that i mean you can be a host and you can cover a topic which you like and then make a, mm-hmm. a zoom session with the members or for example mm-hmm. there there is the accountability readers group which i mm-hmm. i took part <clears throat> Uh, well, mm-hmm. at least on, on the very first one, it was about mm-hmm. the book um, called Miracle Morning. And this was yeah, really right. a, an amazing book. Well, not 100%, but the main idea about the book was, was really great. And <laughs> I enjoyed the time with the members and discussing mm-hmm. or writing about the book this was or is like a book club and i don't know if this is still going on i i think so because on the chat there is still uh, members writing but i don't know which yeah. book is now they are right they're ready now yeah i know that uh, hamuda was the one that started that that group and the, the club but i think that he's quite busy right now so i don't know if he's able to manage that so re- really that wasn't like an off project you know it's like one of these sequels or you know tv shows that they, they you know they have got a runoff and some characters go and do something else so it's kind of like that so hamuda created this and it's kind of like a project a side project to of often um but that's the idea. And of course, it would be great if it continued and still grows and people read. Um, but for me, the key there is that and I, I wanted to highlight that in the latest meetings. This is a group made made of learners. Um, so they are learners trying to help other learners. And I want to emphasize that a lot because sometimes I seem like the spokesperson of Malfoy because I was from the beginning. But really, it's a group made of learners yeah to help other learners. So that's the great thing about it. This is not a group of teachers, of native people trying to tell you what you need to study. No, not at all. It's just learners that they like a topic, that they want to share something they have learned or something they have found out and they share it. That's it, you know, helping each other. So I don't know what can be more collaborative than that. If you know (laughs) anything better, tell me, you know, but I think it's great. Um, And for me, that was the important thing, that never this should be about a person uh, being the one who takes the lead, who who suggests projects. I don't know if you know about that now, but right now we have got several projects, well, projects, activities that are happening in the group. I suppose that you have seen some of those. We have got the 50 word yeah. yeah. So there's the 50 words. And that's something that Tatiana started. And Ludmila has been also participating on that. So they just create a post and they write 50 words, short stories. Okay. And that's great. And some other people then suddenly jump in and do the same. Uh, sometimes I, I make a comment trying to respond to their post. And I try to use 50 words like a challenge, you know, I'm going to yeah. use just 50 words. So it's a great activity, but it wasn't suggested by me. It was actually something that someone thought. Uh, Tatiana thought, oh, I could do this. Perfect. Go, do it. So that's yeah. the the nice thing about that. That is really nice. And there is another project. I think it is called Chain Reaction. I'm not quite sure. It's about yeah, chain reaction. interviewing yeah. 
other members. Maybe you could yes. say something about that. Yeah, because of the anniversary, teacher she thought about interviewing the hosts. So she interviewed some of the hosts, and she had one-on-one interviews, and and she posted those before the anniversary. Okay, the days before that, and then talking, we thought like, oh, I would be interesting to continue that with members, not only with hosts, but also with members to talk about their experience in Malfen, what they like, or whatever, any other ideas. And she started that with Millie with Mika Castillo, uh, she started an activity. And while they were doing the activity, Mika uh, didn't understand what uh, A was trying to say because A was trying to interview herself, interview members. And Mika understood that she meant, okay, I, I, I interview you. And then the next time you interview someone else. And the next yeah. time that person would interview someone else. And A was listening to her and she thought, you didn't understand me, but that's a great idea. I like that. <laughs> So suddenly that activity has started chain reaction. So we already have had the interview of A and Mila, Mili, sorry. And Mili has now interviewed Willie from Indonesia. Willie, sorry, from Indonesia. So yeah, that's a very interesting activity. So basically that's what it says, a chain reaction. Yeah. So one person interviews one, this one interviews the next one. So I think it can be a very interesting activity to develop that kind of proactiveness that, that we want to see in the group, you know? Let me know if you need someone who can edit when, when everything is done all the interviews maybe it would be nice to have like a, a summary to yeah mix it together all all the mm. interviews done like one episode about the idea of chain reaction yeah so yeah, I, I would, would love to to do that under the flag of my from podcast maybe Great. And, and, yes, and yes, yes. Like make a summary because it's something which I really love to to listen to other learners and then mm. to to edit and Perfect. mix it together. Yeah. But let me know if you or mm. are interested. So but that's the idea, and that's what I like that you're suggesting that now. Collaboration, you know. So for example, my fluent podcast, working together with Moff, and we also, you know, Frank Carrizzo yeah. with his uh, what you say in English. He's great. It's a great a great podcast too and he has uh, interviewed many of the members of the group and then of course he has got his own podcast and then he shares the content with us i think th that kind of uh, synergy of uh, exchanging experiences and whatever we do that's what make uh, the learning process a great experience And I'm not talking again about a, a group. I'm not talking about my offer or even about my fluent podcast or what you say in English. It's just that, you know, that kind of like a spiritual connection. Yes. And because for me, it's kind of almost a spiritual, you know, like you are, all of us are with the same aim, you know, uh, sharing our learnings, helping others. And that for me is what really makes this work, you know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. I as long as we have that. We don't yeah. have to worry too much about it, really. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's good. And about the Zoom meetings, mm -hmm. I have jotted down some topics which, which went on recently just to, to show the listeners about the different topics. Mm. For example, good, good. there was online learning versus classroom learning. There was mm -hmm. figures of speech and overview There was qualifications. Mm -hmm. There was mm -hmm. another one, speaking skills in general. There was mm -hmm. the topic self-awareness. There was the topic cultural 
stereotypes. And to me, mm-hmm. this, this is just now a, a collection or that I came across, but there are many other topics. And what I love is, yes, they are all different, right? You, and you have some mm. topics about learning English, but you also have mm-hmm. these topics about self-awareness or, or um, mm-hmm. recent topics which are going on. So, so this is really great. So you can mm-hmm. learn, you can um, grow as a person also by discussing, yeah, great topics. So yeah this is really a big thing yeah the thing is that as we were saying you know the fact that you have got several hosts and each one being individuals they have got different interests different goals different ideas different passions and that reflects on the meetings you know so some people will put more of an emphasis on vocabulary we have got meetings about connectors you know and they do a series of of meetings on connectors uh, i myself i'm interested in acquisition language acquisition so many of my meetings go about acquiring and being independent learners so i talk about you know we t- we talk about reading and we work on storytelling you know so but that's the great thing, you know, and and that's one thing I love to say to my host or to our host, you know, it's like, you know, do whatever you want, <laughs> you know, uh, prepare the activities that you want, do it the way you want, it's up to you, you know, you are the host, you decide, you take the lead, and that creates a myriad of possibilities, you know, like so many different options and so many different topics. So, on a regular week, we have got about 21 meetings, more or less, okay? So that's on average three meetings per day. But that means that you have got such a, a range and a variety of topics to choose from. So even if you don't like the topic that is going to happen this day, today, for example, which is quite unlikely, but if it happens, then you don't worry because you know that the next day there's going to be something that will be of your interest, you know? So that, that's what I like. And then I think that, you know, people don't worry too much about topics, you know, like, yeah. you know, they, they like the topics that are being presented, but they don't worry too much about topics because they know that the conversations that are going to take place usually are going to be very interesting conversations, you know, so that's the, and then, you know, you, you come often to meetings and then you start getting to know people around, uh, you know, in, in a meeting and you start building up the family. And one thing that I've noticed is that, you know, sometimes many people, they don't have time to to come to meetings or they don't have good connection or whatever. But it's true that being in the meetings to start with is what then helps you to create partnerships. You know, you start building relationships and then it is easier for you to have one-on-one or one-to-one conversations because you make a friend and then you say to that friend, oh, let's meet some time to have a conversation, you and I, okay? And that. That happens because you start knowing people. Sometimes we are under the impression that we have to meet someone. Uh, you know, it's like, I need someone to practice my speaking skills. And you want to find a partner. But to find a single partner, sometimes it's difficult, you know, because first of all, you need to talk a little bit. You need to know each other. You need to be both on the same page. You need to be interested. And that takes a while. By being in these kind of meetings, in these group meetings, you get to do that while you are talking. Yeah. You know, so you're already practicing, but you're already getting to know people. And then it's easier for you to say, oh, wow, I love when I talk to that to Daniel, I love the conversations that I have. So I want to ask him if he's willing to have maybe one conversation once a week and we talk about any topic or we talk about these topics. Okay, It is easier once you have met 
the people, you know. But before, it's a bit, it's a bit hard, isn't it? Yeah, I agree totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are meetings, a variety of them. And I just for those who are listening and who don't know Malfen or who haven't joined us, I always say this to 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 people in in the group, but. It's not necessary that you start talking on the first day. You can come to our meetings. You can listen. You can just be a silent listener. It doesn't matter if you don't feel up to the task of talking. I don't want you to feel forced to talk. Okay. I want you to feel that you enjoy what you're listening to, and whenever you feel ready to talk, just do it. That's it. No pressure. Come and go whenever you want, uh, because. I do believe that the more relaxed you feel about using the language, the easier it is going to be for you. If you are stressed, if you're coming to the meeting and you're thinking, oh, I have to talk, I have to talk, I have to talk, I have to talk, mm-hmm. you're going to stress out so much that you're not going to be able to understand anything of what is being said and you're not going to be able to, you're not going to, be able to talk. But if you're relaxed, if you know that it doesn't matter, uh, that you can talk whenever you feel up to it, when you feel ready. The, you know, there's kind of like, there's a burden on your shoulders that is just, it's lift up, it's lifted up and you forget about it. It's like, okay, now I can just enjoy. Okay. I can just have fun listening to these people. And whenever I am ready, I will talk. So yeah, uh, I'm saying this story one, but please feel that freedom, you know, of talking whenever you are ready. And where exactly can we find Masters of English? Okay, thank you for asking. Masters of English is on Facebook. Just search for Maofen, M-A-O-F-E-N, Maofen, Masters of English. And uh, there we are a Facebook group. We also have got some messenger groups and you can join us whenever you want. Uh, in the group, in order to access the Facebook group, as it's a private group, you have to request access and answer some simple questions. And then we, we will accept you, uh, we will add you, and then you can start exploring the group. You will see our schedule as soon as you get in, and then you can see all our meetings, the, the times for that, and also the link to Zoom, because we always use the same link in Zoom. So you don't have to think too much about it. It's always the same. So that's it. <laughs> you don't have to be asking, oh, where, where should I go? That's it. Always the same place. You know? So. And, and yeah, basically, that's what you need to do if you want to join us. And, and, and I would say just give us a try, okay? If you are not sure if we could be the right group for you, that's okay. Just give us a try. See if you like it. If you don't, it doesn't matter, you know? But you should feel proud because at least you have tried, you know? You have tried with us. If that, it doesn't work, that's okay. Let's go for another one, okay? But it's good that you look for groups and find something that it's useful to your needs. The only thing I can say to you all is that here, the aim is not only to offer you English learning experiences. It's also to, we're trying to offer you living experiences, okay? We are trying to offer you the, 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 the opportunity to feel the joy, Okay, feel the joy of learning, feel the joy of sharing, feel the joy of being a human being, basically. And I also highly recommend this Facebook group, Masters of English. It's really a great experience. (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Gabriel, thank you very much. And, And now it's not finished here because I have some more questions about your language journey. <laughs> because the mm-hmm. last time I remember you mentioned that you wanted to learn Filipino, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. That's true. So what happened with that project? 
<laughs> what happened with that project? That project went astray very quickly because I okay. started, but I, I wasn't really constant. But then, you know, I started to think about, uh, I wanted to continue with another language and I have started several languages, but haven't progressed. And one of them was Arabic. So I thought maybe it's the time for me to retake Arabic, you know, and take advantage of it. So that's what I am now, you know, I started uh, not too long ago, a couple of a month ago, mostly. And right now I'm in the, I'm on the refreshing process, let's say, you know, I'm remembering things and I'm trying to use the language acquisition or the input theory. Okay. Kind of like a Krashen's idea yeah. of a, have lots of input, you know, like, like reading and listening. So basically I'm doing some, uh, let, let's say textbooks, but I'm just worried about the listening. You know, so I'm reading the text, I'm listening, but that's the only thing I'm worried. I'm not trying to write myself. I'm not trying mm -hmm. to, to pronounce yet. I'm pronouncing a little bit, but focusing only on listening and understanding. And I'm quite excited about that. I'm quite happy with that. So that's in my project right now, uh, taking up Arabic. So, we'll are, see where it goes, you know? so are you listening to audiobooks or what kind of resources do you listen to right now i'm, I'm using um, a textbook that is online that you also have got the audio tracks oh, they see. are on soundcloud uh, so you, you can do it for free but also have got link you uh, the app by steve kaufman there you can learn about 20 languages if you want to and that one gives you small texts uh, that are audio and with written format as well and i also have got bilingua uh, which is another app that tells stories And the stories are in the language that you want to learn, and then the mother tongue or the language that you want to use as the L1. In this, in my case, I'm using English as the L1, and I'm I'm trying to use those two. But there was a moment when I started that was quite okay, but then I found it to be a bit complex. I didn't understand anything, so I thought, okay, let's go back to the textbook, let's go back to revision, let's okay. go back to refresh everything. And I I go from time to time to these two apps, Link You and Bilingua try to listen and see if I understand a bit more. But the first thing I do is I don't feel stressed about not understanding, you know? So when I don't understand something, I feel okay. It's like, okay, I'm not ready for that yet. So I'm going to go back to the basics. Okay. So I continue listening to these units of the textbook. I don't think, of, I don't think about grammar. I don't, I, even when I look at vocabulary, I don't try to remember vocabulary. You know, I'm actually don't, I'm, I'm not making the effort to remember vocabulary. It's just what I've listened, you know? So if something comes up several times in the end, I remember, you know, and when I feel that I've done a bit, I go back to link you and bilingual and try to check if I understand a bit more. You know what I'm saying? I so see, yeah. This is a bit, my approach right now is that one. Just uh, uh, listening, reading, and enjoy it, basically. I'm trying to enjoy it. And I'm really enjoying it. Right now, when I sit down for my Arabic session, I usually do 30 minutes in the mornings. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then... <laughs> the, At the weekends, I get probably an hour sometimes, an hour extra in the afternoon, and I try to do that too. And yeah, it's kind of like a nice boost. I feel pumped up when I finish. Is there a specific goal in mind, or is there a reason why exactly Arabic, or is it just for fun, just because, because you love the language? It is for fun. 
It is for fun. It is for fun. But uh, usually I, I've always been drawn to, I'm going to say exotic, but please uh, understand. I don't say that Arabic is exotic. It's exotic for us as uh, people who live in, in Europe, you know, but I always liked languages that are not written like the Latin languages. So I was really passionate about uh, Greek when I studied at school, ancient Greek, I loved it because, you know, writing something different was great. And Arabic is not only different, but also it's the other way around, you know, it's, you have to do it from, yeah. <laughs> from right to left. So I love that, you know, I love that feeling of writing in a different way. I think that my brain sparks up. It's completely ignited when I am using Arabic, you know, so I really enjoy it when I'm doing it. And I find that it's also a language that is really artistic not only by the way it's written, but in general, it's really kind of like, uh, it, 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 it's, it's really, you know, it loves uh, poetry, it loves uh, history and literature. And I like that as well of the, about the language. So, so yeah, it's basically for, for fun because I have fun. And also because uh, it was something that I, I did in the past and I wanted to, you know, to retake and, and see and see what I go, when I go from there. But uh, as I say, I'm taking it really easy. I don't, I'm not planning to take any tests, any exams. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it because I want to have fun, you know? So basically that's it. So I, it seems to me that, Gabriel, you are very dedicated to picking up languages, to teaching languages. So, so in a way, I think you are immersed. <laughs> uh, you are immersed, for example, into English a, a mm-hmm. lot, right? So my question is, mm-hmm. so your mother tongue is Spanish. Does it occur mm-hmm. to you sometimes that you can't find the words in Spanish so that they are maybe in your head there is an English word, but you can't remember yes. it when you are speaking in Spanish or, or something like that? <laughs> that happens. That happens. <laughs> And sometimes my friends believe or think that I'm being posh or I'm trying to be like, you know, the, the, the clever one in the group. And it's not, it's that actually I can't remember the word in Spanish, you know, but I have got the word in English, you know. So, um, yeah, it happens. It happens uh, often, you know, but you know, that's okay. You know, you just get, you just get used to it and do it. You know, but yeah, yeah. It, it happens. It happens. This is really funny. Yeah. But it's, it's also beautiful. <laughs> I, I think. Yes. And, yes. and um, <laughs> I remember the, me, la- the last time we, we spoke a little bit about your English journey, but we stopped right there. So where you were learning English in England so you were in mm-hmm. the ice cream shop and it was really hard yes. for you to use the, the, yes. the language, right? So, so your mm-hmm. approach was really practical. It was a practical approach, not um, mm-hmm. a theoretical approach. So I know mm-hmm. that you, you are an interpreter, right? Or a translator. Interpreter, yeah, a translator. What, what was the story about that i mean when did you decide to become uh interpreter 
Uh, well, actually, I came back. I, I I was already back in Spain, and and when I was here, I was I, w- I had to start working. I was teaching English, but also had to work as a, as a waiter to get some extra money. So there was a moment when I decided I don't want to be a waiter for the rest of my life, and uh, I would like to do something different. And I I, I loved English, and you know, I was really I really liked using the language. And I thought, well, I probably could consider doing some. Uh, uh, translation studies, and um, and that's one. Uh, that's why I, I decided to do it. It wasn't something that I dreamed when I was a child. You know, it just came up as as I was thinking. Well, I, I like the language. Sometimes people ask me to help them with translations, so why not give it a try? You know, and see what happens. And I didn't have to study a whole degree because I already had studied one degree, uh, Latin and Greek. So I only had to do the last two year course. You know, the last two year course. Um, so it was short. Uh, probably that also helped me to take the decision. Otherwise, it would have been difficult. Um, and yeah, basically, that's uh, that's uh, that's part of what I do. You know, that I teach. Well, I teach. I would say that I coach more nowadays. But I also do translations. Um, I'm more into the. Uh, you know, there are many sectors. You could do literature or more technical. I'm more into the into the fashion industry. You know, I'm doing more mm-hmm. manuals and uh, fashion magazines, uh, more in, in, like internal, you know, for, for shops, you know, for the, for the stuff. But I, that's the, 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 the main work I do. And also I work with, uh, with universities um, r- reviewing their articles, you know, and translating their articles into English because sometimes they, they need to present the interview, you know, the article to a, to a magazine or to a journal somewhere. And I, and I do those translations too. So that's what I pretty much do right now. Okay, and, and when you were in university, so was it a difficult period? I mean, was, um, were the classes difficult to follow or, or was it for you um, an easy task to, to pass hmm. these, these years of, of studying interpretation? Well, when I, when I, at that time, I was about 27, 28, you know, so um, I was a grown up. <laughs> it wasn't just a, you know, brand new baby going out to university. Uh, so I didn't, re- I didn't recall them to be difficult, extremely difficult. Some subjects were more, probably because they were more theoretical. We had linguistics and some of the subjects in mm. some aspects, they were quite theoretical. And for me, they were a bit more difficult to not so much to understand, but difficult to explain, you know, that's one of the things that I found that I could understand it, but when I had to explain it, it was more difficult for me. Um, but generally speaking, it, it, it is not a difficult degree, you know, it's not a, a complex degree. It, you know, as long as you, as you as you work at home and you do your translations and you practice your interpreting skills, it's something that you can do nicely. I mean, you know, it's not, uh, it's not extremely difficult. So would you say that uh, interpreting skills are easy <laughs> to learn, right? Mm, mm, mm. Well, no, not really. In fact, you know, I don't do much interpreting. I do sometimes, but I don't do yeah. it often. And it is it is difficult, you know, um, because your brain is not like when you're talking, you know, that when you're talking, sometimes you can think in Spanish or, or in my language and then one, I mean, English. And if I'm with friends, I have to do a, a close translation. That will be more like I'm mediating, you know, just trying mm-hmm. to explain something to in a different language. But when you are interpreting, um, that sometimes, you know, you can do it consecutively or, mm-hmm. in a, you know, right there as it's happening. 
uh, sometimes it's hard because your brain has to be thinking on both languages at the same time, you know? So um, you are listening to something and yeah. immediately transferring that knowledge, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I imagine <laughs> that, that, that it must be a pain in the neck. <laughs> really yes, difficult. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is hard, you know. When when I have done some interpreting uh, sessions, at the end I'm exhausted. You know, yeah, I'm exhausted yeah. at the end of the session because my brain is really tired. You know, I'm, maybe I've done I don't know two hours or three hours, and I'm really tired. You know, so and yeah. What is your take on okay. these new AI translation services? For example, there is a service called DeepL, but but actually it's it's similar like the Google translation app. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what is your take on that? In more years, the profession of translating and interpreter, is there still use of it? Or will the AI program kind of eliminate the, the branch? Mm. Um, I don't know if, if I am <laughs> saying yes, that correctly. Yes, I understand. No, that's yeah. If, if the field of translating will disappear, um, I think that there are some things that um, are cannot be translated automatically, and even if they are, they need a supervision. Is that, for example, if you think about imagine a factory that makes cars. Once the factory has made everything with robots, the the workers, you know, the blue collar workers are not needed. You know, the the, the the typical guy or girl that had just to tighten a bolt or do something that was physical, they are not needed any longer. But you need engineers, you know, because yeah. they need to check that everything is correct, you know. And you need an audit to check that the work is being done correctly and the engineer to check that the machine is working properly. In this case, in the case of translation, you will still need someone to do a revision of that, okay, to check that everything is correct. I've used DeepL, and I think it's a really good tool, you know. Some people probably disagree, but I, I have used it many times. And the good thing about DeepL is that actually you can put yourself, you know, the mouse before the word, and it suggests other possibilities, you know, so it's great for synonyms and collocations. So it can be a really good tool, but still it needs the last check from a human, let's say. Yeah. And then, then if you're moving in the world of literature, it's not possible. Because literature is, even when you are translating literature, you are recreating the text, you know? So you are not just translating word by word, you know? You are sure. sending the meaning as well. You are inferring the meaning and, and sending it. And sometimes a joke that cannot be translated into your language, you have to create a different joke, you know? So um, there are some aspects of translation that I don't think will be ever... I don't know, maybe in the future, but with artificial intelligence, it's still a bit difficult. But more the more technical ones or the more repetitive ones, like the ones I do, for example, for sure, you can do them with artificial intelligence. And except for minor mistakes, I think it would be easily understood, you know, so... Okay, thank you for your opinion so about that. I think that is a really interesting field or topic, mm -hmm. right, about mm -hmm. AI. Mm -hmm. In the AI. future, mm -hmm. the time <laughs> went by really quickly. The time is up. <laughs> and thank you very much. This was really, really a great conversation. I, I loved it. It's as if I knew you for longer time, right? Because, I mean, we, we were in contact. We, we, we wrote to each other. But always mm -hmm. when I am speaking to you, for me, it's, it's like it's, it's a, a, a friend, like, like a friend mm -hmm. who I, I know or, or who I know 
at least partly, right? So, so I, I mean this mm -hmm. in a positive way. <laughs> But thank you, thank I'm, you. I, I think it's a hard time to explain myself in English. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're doing perfectly. No, but I think that the feeling is mutual. Yeah, definitely. So it's great to talk to you. And as you said, you know, the time flies when I'm talking to you. So th thank you very much from the bottom of my heart for uh, taking the time to do this interview. I, I loved participating. Thank you so much, Gabriel. I see you around or see you soon. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so too. You take care, okay? And stay safe and healthy. Bye, Gabriel. Bye-bye, Danny. Take care. Bye-bye.